Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello there and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. This podcast and in, in this whole media network that I have is dedicated to one thing, and that's helping you to create a life you love. Not a life you tolerate, not one that you just put up with, and not even one that's pretty good, but one that you love all the time. And you might think that's impossible because you might say, well, there's always some stuff you don't want to do, right? And the answer is no, not necessarily. What if, just play with me here for a minute, what if you have a, a life where all of the parts you enjoy, like you, you love every bit of it, how could that even be possible? Well, that by itself is another whole episode, but I want to assure you that it is possible to create a life that you love every day, morning to night, even when you're asleep. Now, I just had a really interesting experience as I record this, and by the time this is broadcast, it'll be a week or two in the past, but the interesting experience was this. On Thursday night, a few days ago, uh, and I'm recording this on a Monday. So four days ago, I think, I went on a bike ride with the young men from our church. And I am a volunteer leader in one of the programs of the church and help young men 12 to 17 with activities and, you know, lessons on Sunday and just, you know, that sort of thing. Part of the young men's program. Got a great group of guys and they're just like every other great group of guys, trying to find their way, different ages. You know, some like school, some don't. Some like this subject, some like that subject. Conversations about girls and that age. And just all of those things are all normal. So some of the things we do are activities. Sometimes they're physical activities, like the one I'm going to tell you. And sometimes they're service activities, like every year they uh, we participate, I say they, we participate in the annual food drive here in Edmonton, and that's a huge success, the biggest food drive in the city. Anyway, so one of the things that we did is we went for a bike ride uh, the other night, Thursday night, and I have some physical things as I get older, and one of the physical things is that a couple of discs in my back, uh, the disc between L3 and L4 and the disc between L4 and L5 is deteriorating, my doctor tells me severely, severe deterioration of those two discs. Well, what that means is that my right leg, because it's on that side, gets numb sometimes and it hurts. And uh, it's, you know, deterioration, spinal de deterioration, disc degenerative, something or other. I don't know. But anyway, so that means that I've got to be careful and sometimes I hurt. So I went for a ride Thursday night and, you know, it was... Rigorous for me, not rigorous for some of the guys, I'm sure. And probably wouldn't have been when I was that age. But anyway, rigorous for me. Friday, I was in terrible pain and ended up being completely incapacitated. Apparently, that area that's pinching on the nerve that goes out 
in between those vertebrae was pinched and then inflamed really bad. So Friday I couldn't walk and it got worse and worse. And the pain was uh, oscillated up and down, but it got to a point where it was, you know, the worst pain that I, or at least equal to the worst pain that I'd ever experienced. And I've had emergency gallbladder surgery and some things that are, you know, pretty high up there on the pain scale. Bottom line, it was pretty rowdy. So on Saturday, finally, we went to the hospital, went to the emergency room because I needed some pain relief. I just couldn't continue with this. And I slept very little Friday night, of course, because there was no way to lay or sit or do anything that wasn't painful. Uh, They put in an IV and put in some hydromorphone, which you probably know what it is. It's a high potent, high potency painkiller. And after several hours there, we were there from noon to about 930 at night, got it under control and so forth. My point in telling you this isn't woe is me. That's just one of the things that happened. And in fact, yay, I'm glad that happened. I'm grateful. What a wonderful, powerful experience. And you might think I'm just saying that to be crazy and I'm not. I'm saying it because it's true. I perceive, I choose to see that whole thing. Three days, and here I am Monday, and it's not gone by any stretch. The doctor did tell me that these kinds of seriously inflamed and pinched nerves, they took an x-ray, and you know he told me what he found, tend to recover by themselves over 90 days. He said... Over 90 days, 90% of these will, you know, self-regulate and recover. That, of course, doesn't mean my discs are fixed, but it means that I'll be able to be back where I was. 90 days. So I could have been really upset uh, or mad because I was out doing service. I could have been mad at God. I could have been mad at anything. I wasn't, and instead I chose to take care of myself well My wife, uh, Joy, is an angel, as she always was, supportive and loving and all the rest, and took up all the slack and did everything. My point in telling you this is to just illustrate that those things happen all the time. You wreck your car, you lose a job, you lose some money, you hurt your body badly, you're out of commission for a day or a week or something. And yet I still enjoyed my life, even in those days. And I kept thinking consciously during that time, this is great. I'm grateful that it's happening. I know it will uh, make me a better person. And I don't say lightly, well, everything happens for a reason, because I think it's true, but it's a trite sort of uh, cliche phrase that, that misses the point. The point of life here is for us to have experiences that teach us stuff. The point is for us to use our ability to choose make decisions, and then experience the consequences. Now, Joy warned me to be careful when I went for the bike ride, and I didn't wasn't hurting during the time. I was heavily out of breath, and of course, you know my whole lung story. So I was more worried about them than my leg and hip. Turns out that the lungs, while huffing and puffing, made it through okay, and the hip was destroyed, or the back, or wherever. A pain feels like it's in the hip. It's funny, the numbness shoots up and down the leg, just like, like a roller coaster, up and down, the whole leg's numb, just the knee to calf and your knee to ankle, you know, on and on with a lot of pain. Anyway, I knew during the time and now afterwards that there are some important things for me to learn in terms of growth. Grow, learn, see. And so I chose to do that. 
even though that was a difficult thing. Now, if it's true that the purpose of life isn't to be on easy street, but the purpose is to learn from our own experience what things work well, what things don't, to go through some tough stuff and to have some victories, but through that process to learn how to be better people, to learn how to be more compassionate, more loving, more kind, more like the creator, the source of all love and creation. Well, if I'm going to be more like that, I got to go through a lot of tough stuff to rough sand off my rough edges because I've made a lot of mistakes and done a lot of stupid and selfish things that have served me to learn, to polish, to clean up the rough edges, to clean up my heart, to make me more patient and more passionate and more loving and more kind and more gentle and more understanding, more forgiving and all that good stuff. And that's what I think we're here for. Now, I tell you that whole story as a preamble to the question, do you want to write a book? I hope so. One survey that I saw, and I don't know about its complete accuracy, but in North America, there were about 85% of adults think that they should write a book. Now, I don't know why, because the survey didn't contain all that info, but if I think about it, what makes sense to me is that they want to write a book because they believe that there have been one or more events in their lives that have had such an impact on them, taught them such important things, that it would be valuable to write it down. Well, I believe that's true, and I believe life was built like that. It's built to give us these hard things. Crappy childhood, parents that were struggling, uh, friends or sibs or parents that were addicts, broken homes, illness, uh, long-term illness, perhaps born with some challenges, in hearing or seeing or legs or, you know, whatever, or accidents that knock us out in the prime of our growth. All of those things where we could look at it and say, oh, you were robbed. Or we can look at it and say, okay, I am schooled. I am schooled. Now you can look at it and say, I'm schooled because you want to have a better attitude when really underneath you're seething with frustration, resentment, and anger. Or you can look at it and say, fine, I'm schooled. What do I learn here? What do I learn here? So I think, and I've learned this, I certainly didn't start out here. I had a lot of anger about different things that happened to me and a lot of self-loathing about different things I chose to do over the first many decades of my life. Good things and bad things that I beat myself up for and good things that I sometimes felt like I didn't deserve. What if the whole point is to refine us? What if the whole point is to give us challenges and successes to see what we do, to see, to make choices about how we choose to walk in the world, even with those challenges or those successes? That truth right there, because that is why we're here, is why you should write a book. Because no matter what the challenges you've experienced were, They have refined you or they have ruined you or perhaps both. I had challenges that for many years after they happened, they ruined me, made me angry, frustrated, led me into addictions and all kinds of stuff. And now with a new perspective, they refine me and I learn things that I am grateful for. So if life is built, designed, created, not to just glide through and have fun, but to learn and grow 
then your journey is worth documenting. Your, your story is worth telling. Now, as a coach, and I'm a coach, I hear people all the time, especially when they hear the story that I have through addictions and attempted suicide and, you know, huge failings. And if you're interested in any of the details, it's in a book called Tightrope of Depression, My Journey from Darkness, Despair, and Death to Light, Love, and Life. So I wrote all the gory details in there because I needed to and because I was hoping it would be helpful. But anyway, when people see that, my story or someone else with a great deal of obvious challenges, they sometimes, and I've heard this a lot, I don't have anything. I I don't have all this terrible stuff. I wasn't an addict. I didn't live on the street. I didn't, you know, I grew up in an okay house. My parents were pretty supportive. All of those things. And so then they feel like, I got nothing to share because I didn't go to hell and wander through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, I'm grateful that you didn't. The world, all of us, need examples and stories from every angle. How to handle life in every situation is a valuable story, a valuable thing to know. So whether you had massive challenges and abuse and poverty and all kinds of things, or whether you didn't. And your challenges come in different ways. Making real choices about who you're going to be, who you are, how you add good to the world. Making choices about how to love and serve those around you. Those that didn't go through great challenges have the same decisions to make. They're just not outlined as starkly and visible to the outside. Even if you had a great life going to school and growing up and getting a job and picked a great partner, your choice is still how are you going to leverage your excellence, leverage your opportunity and your growth in service of others. Because we are built physiologically and spiritually to love and serve each other. We're happiest when we do that, and that's how we're created. Even our hormones or neurotransmitters, oxytocin and dopamine, serotonin, those feel good when we are in that love and service mode. So regardless of the level of hardship you have struggled with, you have both choices, consequences, and opportunities. The choices you make are the choices you make. They bring whatever consequences they bring, and the opportunity is to learn from those consequences and declare who you are in the world and how you walk through the world. You know, if you have great favors and good fortune on you, then what are you going to do with that great favors and good fortune? If you have struggles and had to climb up from the, at the bottom of the well, then how are you going to do that? What is the person you're going to mold yourself into? Just because you had good fortune and all kinds of good things happen, I, and probably you, you know people that have had good fortune, seemingly ease, and they turn out extremely good, and those that turn out really negative, selfish, self-centered, not caring about others, and on and on. So the, the choices are the same, and that's why I say regardless of the path through life you've had to this day, the day you hear this, there is a book in you that wants to be written and that needs to be written. Now, when I say that, then come all the other questions, which I'll talk about in a minute. 
But I want to establish clearly and firmly first, I think there's a book in you, and I, for one, want to read it. What I want to learn about you is what makes you tick. What makes your heart sing? How are you consciously adding good to the world? What is your chosen path to choose who you are, to be a force for good, a beacon of light, a vessel of love, a conduit of power? How are you doing that today, regardless of the road you took to get here? No matter what happened before, I want to know how you are doing today. What are you doing? What is your attitude? How are you showing your divine gifts and love? How are you taking excellent advantage of the good fortune you had or the struggles you, you went through? So that's why I think you should write that. You should write that book. Now let's talk about a little bit how to get that done. Because writing books used to be a lot harder than it is today. Today, anyone can. Anyone that wants to can write a book and publish it. Now, I'm not saying that we should write crappy books. I'm not saying that we should publish garbage. Nobody likes to read things that aren't well-written or effective. But the resources to get that accomplished are all over the place. I write books. I help people write books. My angel wife, Joy, publishes books. We own a publishing company called Red Aussie Publishing or Red Aussie Media. And Aussie is A-U-S-S-I-E. It's after our Australian shepherd. We got a tricolor red. So Red Aussie. So, so getting things published and getting them written is easier today than it's ever been. Now, even though I write and I've owned or Joy and I own this publishing company, I get at least three invitations a week. Three invitations a week from somebody, either as a text or on LinkedIn, usually, uh, offering to help me with my book. Now, from the language, it always feels like they haven't done any research at all and have no idea that I have 18. I just finished number 19. It'll be out in October. No idea that I've done that. But they're capitalizing on that feeling that most people have. And I say most because 85% sure is that. And even though 85% think they ought to, less than 1% do. But they're capitalizing on that yearning people have to tell their story. Now, book is one powerful and effective way to do it. Let me tell you why I think it's a good way. One of the things that a book does for you, and there are several, but one of them is it makes you get organized. Like, I talk to people all the time. Because I'm a coach, I make it a habit of meeting many new people every week, people I've never talked to before. I have my calendar set, and I belong to some networking things, so I get to do that, and I'd love to talk to you. If you'd like to have a conversation, I'm all in. Send me a note. Reach out. Let's talk. I'd love to get to know you. Just because you're a human being with great power, a great story, and I love you already. Now, in the people, in all the people that I meet, always, almost without exception, I will, not everyone, but nearly everyone, talks about wanting to help people with their experience. Well, I've gone through this and this, and I'd love to help such and such. I talked to a lady the other day who was on a mission because she had two teenagers that went through some real, really rough uh, addiction things, including, you know, police and hospitals and really rough. Now, 
not in poverty or anything else, a two-parent home, etc., but still had that struggle. She's decided her mission is to help people in a way related to the struggles. Well, that's what most people do. Most people have a desire. Going through the struggle wakes up in me and you, most people, a desire to serve those who are going through similar struggles. Save them some time. Assure them they are not alone. Give them a helping hand, some good advice, maybe a a path or a pattern or a process that you either were given or that you developed to get through the challenge. So a book is one of the best ways to do that. And the reason it is, is because it makes you get organized. If you're going to tell a story from start to finish, a book is really a monologue. And if you're going to give a monologue that tells the story of how you learned something, something about the experiences you went through and what you learned from it, and then you're going to share the things you learned, presumably to help someone just like you were, before you got help and changed, and help them understand how to use what you've taught them. Getting a book organized, like, you know, chapters 1 through 42 or whatever it is, is the best way, the very best way to get your story, your through line, organized. Introduce yourself. Get to know the people. Tell them about yourself. Teach what you have to teach. Show them how it might apply in their lives. Give them suggestions about how to customize. Offer them whatever course or program you might also have. Encourage them by helping them understand they're not alone, that there is a way through this process, and they can do it. And how important it is not to give up on themselves. All those things are part of a good story. And you, right here, right now, you have a good story. I know you do. My only question to you is, are you willing to share it with me? Are you willing to share it with those who need and want your help? Now, creating a book from start to finish, you know, where you open the book all the way through the end, is a, is a powerful, it's the most powerful way to organize your thoughts and to create a through line, a thread that goes all the way through. One of the fun things about writing a book is that it also makes it super easy to create uh, courses like uh, short mini courses or big courses. You might teach someone how to overcome a bad habit that was part of your journey, and that might be a course. You might teach someone how to learn to accept help. Maybe what's one of the things I had to learn when I first... At 52, when my life changed dramatically, and I walked away from addictions and so forth, I had to learn to get help. Up till then, any counselors that I had talked to were were artificial. And I don't mean AI. I meant I wasn't being open and honest. I, I just didn't know how. I didn't know how to be vulnerable and open and honest. So one of the things that I had to do was learn to tell the truth. I had to learn to end the self-loathing because up till I learned that, everything I talked about with regard to my own struggles was in the context of blaming myself. I suck. I shouldn't have done this. Oh, I'm awful. And that basket doesn't lend itself very well to change. It doesn't lend itself to compassion, to growth. 
And it's hard to change when there's violence, whether it's emotional violence or self-inflicted self-loathing or a violence being inflicted on you from outside. It's really hard to change in the midst of violence and turmoil. So one of the things I had to learn was to end the violence toward myself, particularly because I was so good at hating myself for the mistakes that I had made. Now, I don't mean pretending away things. Of course, you fix whatever you can. I'm not talking about that. But the violence toward myself and the self-loathing was unending. So that right there is something valuable to teach. And in fact, I have a course that I've created on forgiveness. But you know what I did first? I wrote a book about forgiveness with all that I had learned, failed at, finally got better at and learned about forgiveness. I have a course on creating results. I wrote a book. Guess what? The results equation. So you can see, at least for me, there's been a direct 100% correlation between making changes in my own life on purpose, getting the help I needed to do that, which for me at least was good counselors and coaches. So getting that help and making those changes and then offering my insights, the things I learned to others in the form of books and courses and exercises and that sort of thing. So since our life was designed to be hard, since our lives were designed to be learning crucibles where we made choices, made mistakes, screwed up, had to fix stuff, get smarter, get better, etc. Since that's the design, and since our design is to love and serve each other, it stands to reason, follows automatically, that as we grow and learn, we yearn to serve. As we learn, we yearn to serve. We want to bless the lives of others to succeed faster and better than we did. Often parents say, well, I want to make sure my kids don't struggle. Well, that feeling of love that parents have toward children is actually universal. It's different in a family, but it is the same. We're all brothers and sisters anyway, created in the same way by the same divine beings. So my invitation to you right now is to consider this process because from the rigor of writing a book comes one or more courses that you could create to add good to the world. If you want to turn it into a business, you can creating a keynote speech where you go give a Ted talk or give workshops, uh, part day, 30 minute talks, 60 minute talks. I gave a seven hour long all day workshop where I was the only speaker. All those things are possible and they are made simple by going through the process of organizing your story and writing the book. So I've said all this, hopefully, to help you see that, yes, you should write a book. I want to read it. I want to hear from you about what you're thinking about. You have a story. You have some learnings that I want and that I know others need. From the book, you can create courses. You can create coaching if you want to, but courses at a minimum, classes, workshops, TED Talks, the ability to speak and so forth, because regardless of your experience, it's needed and it's powerful. Now, if you're watching the video, 
there's a URL on there that says www.ultimatelifechallenge.com. I urge you to go to that URL and check that out. That is a URL that is for a challenge that I hold once a month. It's an invitation for you to find your divine spark, find your story, find your real gifts, get confidence, create the confidence you need to share it, and then to make it happen so that you can not only make a difference, but you can create business and make cash. So I invite you, even if you're already successful, in fact, especially, I know so many people who are crushing it from the outside, but they're not feeling it. They're not feeling like, you know what, I'm really accomplishing my purpose. I'm really there. I'm doing what I was meant to do. I did that. I made a lot of money, position, but I knew I wasn't living up to my real opportunity. So I invite you, go to that URL, www.ultimatelifechallenge.com. Register for the next challenge. Another thing you can do is take a look on my Amazon page, just put my name in, and get the book, The Story Arc, because that's a book that I wrote to help with this very process that I've outlined about figuring out what your story is and turning it into a product or service that will serve those who are going through the things you want to talk about. And it'll be an outlet for you to add good to the world and do what you mean to do and want to do. The final thing I want to talk about today is the idea of being done. One of the things I hear all the time from people who are in the middle of their growth process is, well, I'm not done yet. And the idea there is I got to be perfect. I got to be finished. Otherwise, I mean, I can't be a work in progress. That is a gigantic myth. We are most attracted to people who are growing. The idea that you're done is not true. This whole process is a mountain without a top. So you really have no excuse unless you just don't want to help others. And I don't believe that's you, not for a minute. You have the opportunity right here, right now to make a difference, to make money, and to really have internal joy every day like I started out with. I have joy every single day, not just because I'm married to her, but because I live that kind of ultimate life. Creating good every day because I want to, because I can, and I invite you to join me on the way to creating every single day your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand